Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Right, welcome to a new episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about the remake of Child's Play, the killer doll horror movie starring everyone's favorite doll, Chucky. Um, it is a fun little remake that, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, uh, doesn't do everything right, but it certainly has enough going for it that... It is a pretty fun little movie. And uh, with me for the episode, first-time co-host, Adam Wells, who is an old friend of mine from years and years and years ago. We went to summer camp together, and uh, he's a member of our Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces Facebook group, and so we've been chatting about movies in there and figured he would be a great guest to have on the show. And we had a great conversation about Child's Play. So before we get into that conversation, I do want to remind you to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, a uh, whole bunch of other apps. We're on like dozens of apps. And if you listen to podcasts on the app that we're not on, let us know and we will get on that app. We want to be wherever you're listening to podcasts. You can also uh, follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join that Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces group I was just talking about. And uh, share the show with your friends. That would be awesome. So uh, I think that's enough for right now. Why don't we jump into this conversation about the new remake of Child's Play. All right, so today on the show we've got a little bit of a blast from the past in subject matter as well as... My co-host, first time on the show, we've got with us a friend of mine. I haven't seen him in like 25 years or something like that since we used to go to Jew camp together. Everybody, Adam Wells is with us on the show. Adam, hey, it's great to have you here. It's great to be here, Dave. Hello, uh, movie fans out there. Uh, <laughs> hoping to put on a good show for you guys. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Uh, Adam is a member of our Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces group, and uh, I think I've talked to him more in the last year than I talked to him in 25 years of you know maybe a catch-up here and there, but uh, now we get to talk about movies all the time, so it's kind of awesome. Well, know? I mean, that's the wonderful <laughs> thing about uh, Facebook and uh, you know a lot of these other... Um, programs and things like that is that instead of talking to myself about movies <laughs> and just throwing it out i can connect with other uh social minded uh film nerds like like myself and you uh sure. and you know get into deep discussions or um you know toxic fandom yeah you know, absolutely there's plenty of that i know it, it really depends on which uh you know what day of the week you're looking for what <laughs> So, uh, you know, it's your, your first time on the show, as I usually do. I, I like to have people tell people a little about themselves. So other than being someone who went to Jew camp, uh, <laughs> who, who are you, Adam Wells? <laughs> who is Adam Wells? That's the question of the day. Um, <laughs> well, for profession right now, I am an insurance broker, and you're probably wondering, what type of expert does that make me on film? Well, in that respect, not. Uh <laughs> I, I'm a, a big cinephile, which I, I believe you could still use in a proper context now and people sure. don't get weirded out. We'll allow it. Okay, good. Um, went to film school, worked on film sets, realized it wasn't for me, but you know, I watch a ton of movies. I read a, a lot of, um, a lot of s different subject matters on old films, new films, uh, you know, and I just overall love discussing film. It's, it's a, it's a passion. It's a fun topic. 
That's awesome. I mean, you know, yeah, as far as like, you know, even for me, like I, you know, I compose music for film, but I'm not really a filmmaker. And so it's like, I really just come to this as a, you know, a lover of film and, you know, it's just a great way to, uh, you know, have an in-depth conversation about movies. And it's great to have all different kinds of voices on this show, you know? It is. I mean, uh, you know, I've been listening to to some of the other um, episodes and, you know, I, I really do like um, a lot of the different areas that people are coming from and how they view it. And it also gives, uh, you know, me a fresh perspective, because if I didn't view it a uh, couple of times watching it in one way and I get to hear somebody else's opinion and I get to look at it from their point of view, you know, sometimes that actually does open my eyes a bit. And uh, I sometimes enjoy it even more because you know, somebody else uh, was able to leave the door open and I was, you know, got a different perspective from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, let's talk about some perspective. Um, you are, I, I believe you're a pretty big horror movie fan. I, I kind of get that from the group and uh, Child's Play is just one of these classic properties and in, in the history of horror movie characters. And here we are with a new one, uh, a, a full on reboot, which I, as we know, um, the creator of Child's Play, I believe, is still out there trying to make more continuing the story, but this has been kind of taken away from him, and it's a whole new take on the character and the idea. Well, I think there's a lot of... Basically, from what I've read is that it boils down to a rights issue. Mm -hmm. uh, Don Mancini, who was the original screenwriter, uh, along with producer David Kirshner, I think 10 years ago, wanted to do their own reboot. However, because the first Child's Play rights were locked up with MGM, mm. um, you know they couldn't reboot the first one. They can only continue with the sequels at Universal. Sure. Uh, so while Don Mancini and company have been continuing with their uh, Child's Play series, I think they've gotten up to seven of them. Uh, <laughs> and they're even doing a, a TV show that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think it's a bit of a sore subject because Don Mancini had his view of how the movie should be re remade and mm -hmm. the powers that be had another view. Um, you know, and I've, my, I myself, uh, just a little background on in regards to my, my feelings about Chucky, uh, child's play was one of the first horror movies actually, no, sorry, was the first horror movie that I had ever watched. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, growing up uh, as a spoiled kid in Long Island, uh, we, you know, I, I had a television and cable in my bedroom, which, you know, if you talk about that now, that doesn't sound like much, but we're also talking about the late 80s when sure. still a lot yeah, of people yeah. didn't even have cable. <laughs> so, of course, you know, I'm a eight, nine year old, you know, spoiled kid with the TV and cable in my room. Yeah. And of course, when that happens and your parents tell you to go to bed, what is the first thing you do? You don't listen to them. You turn on the TV. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I turned on, I believe it was HBO and the climax of child's play, uh, was on television and oh, you got the good part. Oh yeah. And <laughs> I actually still had dolls at the time mm -hmm. and that movie frightened me so much, um, that I actually took all the, the toys on my bed, I believe, including, uh, Teddy Ruxpin and Cabbage Patch. Uh, kids, which were the inspiration, you know, and uh -huh. threw them in the closet because I'm thinking that the, you know, I'm going to sleep tonight and they're going to kill me. <laughs> you know, the imagination of an eight, nine year old. Sure. What do I know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I probably didn't really watch the child play movies for another two or three years. And, you know, it's since, since you mentioned, you know, Jew camp, um, I, I do remember that you and I had actually spoken about child's play too. And I, I almost vaguely remember you trying to like freak me out a little bit with a, uh, like a postcard your mom sent you of, mm. uh, of, of Chucky as a good guy doll. Oh, uh, really? Yes. That is absolutely wild. And as, as we know, my memory is absolutely horrible and I, I don't remember that at all, but that does seem potentially possible. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, awesome. it's, it's weird that I actually do remember some of these like weird memories from camp, but I, I couldn't tell you what I ate for dinner three nights ago. It's <laughs> the, well, the, the random stuff that I can remember, including just random movie knowledge. It's, it's very, my mind works in weird ways. 
So before we get into some puzzle pieces on this new Child's Play, uh, I do want to ask you one other question about this series, and that is, have you seen all of these movies? Because I don't know which ones I've seen. I, I've seen, you know, some. I, I doubt all. I, certainly not the most recent ones. Um, but, I, you know, I'm sure I saw the original. I, I remember Bride of Chucky. I think I saw the second, maybe the third. Um, uh, I have seen all the movies. I own all the movies in various different <laughs> uh some various formats i think i have mm -hmm. one or two of them on blu-ray and the rest on dvd somewhere uh you know in preparation to go to see this movie it was kind of like should i watch a couple of bad horror reboots to kind of lower my expectations or just rewatch <laughs> all the child's play movies and you know i went with the rewatching all seven child's play movies in about nice. a three four day period Oh, we got an expert on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure. I thought I was an expert, but I believe one of our friends on the um, uh, Popcorn and Puzzles actually has the one thing that my fiance won't let me have, which is the one-to-one -one scale replica of a Chucky doll from Child's Play 2. <laughs> uh, I, when I saw that they were making that, I was I was like, Carrie, can I, can I please get this? And she's like, whenever, whenever we buy a house and you want to have your man cave, then you can buy Chucky and put him down there because I'm just going to freak out if I find him sitting in a chair when I come home. And rest assured, he will be in a chair, whether it's him doing it or you doing it. It's it's going to happen. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, listen, I love my fiance, but absolutely would I spook her with the doll. I, I, I would just randomly put the doll in different places every day. Oh my God, it's ridiculous. Well, why don't we get into some puzzle pieces uh, for this new Child's Play reboot? What do you got for your first one? So. When thinking about this, I really wanted to try and stay away from a lot of obvious um, movies. You know, I didn't want to throw in any of the previous Child's Play movies, not mm -hmm. be not because it obviously it was the inspiration for the reboot, but this reboot is so different from the yeah. original series that you know, other than the basic concept, you know, a killer doll named Chucky and the characters' names and some of their occupations being similar. Mm. This movie goes in a completely and and very entertaining direction. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not it's not a great movie, but it was a pleasant surprise that they took a lot of it, at least I felt they took a lot of chances. They tried to make it a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, they didn't succeed in a lot of places, but you know what? I was pleasantly surprised and I, you know what? I had a good time, which I yeah, think is sure. the most uh, the most important thing. Um, so the first movie I'm going to throw out is Steven Spielberg's AI, mm -hmm. which, you know, the idea of can a, a, a robot or artificial intelligence love, can it have feeling, um, you know, you get a lot of that in the first act of the new child's play because Chucky almost is kind of like. A tragic figure in a way that he just wants a fr he he himself wants a friend he just yeah. wants to play he's not intentionally psycho it's kind of you know he he learns this almost as as a child that would be exposed to random violence that you have to you have to teach him you can't mm -hmm. just assume that uh you know smart technology is is really smart right right um, you know, so I, so I found a lot of that with, uh, with AI and the imprinting between the, the robot and the mother in, uh, in AI. Sure. You know, they, they form a, they form a real connection. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's almost a funny, uh, like, like, you know, twist on like the, the nurture versus nature thing. And like mm -hmm. the, the idea that, uh, you know that that this you, you go into the movie expecting you know a killer doll but he's not really a killer doll even with the the um even with his you know safety protocols all switched off in the beginning and all that kind of stuff it, he still with his own uh you know his own i i guess what do you call it you, you don't call it his own um you know, desires or whatever, but mm -hmm. he, he's not just walking into the room and like, I want to just kill everybody. He just wants mm -hmm. to be loved and be liked and do things for his owners and make them happy. Abs and he just gets led astray, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, and you know, yes, the, the climax of the movie does go quote unquote, according to plan, but oh, it has to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and there's some ideas I'll, I'll throw in later because especially with Teddy Ruxpin, mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, I kind of like the uh, spoiler alert for anybody out there, but there is a scene at the end where other dolls come to life and one of them happens to be a bear version of yeah. <laughs> uh, of this, of, of Chucky. And I was kind of like, wow, they finally made Teddy Ruxpin evil. <laughs> that scares me. It's it's all coming full circle. It is. <laughs> well, uh, I think uh, AI is a great puzzle piece, and yeah, I think those are some some of the most interesting themes in the movie. And I, I do kind of wish that it uh, it did more with them, but I mean, it, it's definitely an interesting take, and I would have wouldn't have expected it from the Child's Play remake. I mean, neither did I, because you know, from the timeline of when this movie was announced to when they started shooting, seemed so rushed yeah, that it's yeah. kind of like. I was surprised that they actually had this kind of some of these great ideas. I just thought this was going to be another, you know, fog remake or uh, nightmare right. on Elm street. Like one of those where it's like, you sure. just take the, you know, uh, almost like a remix of a bunch of different ideas and just throw it uh, at a wall and see what sticks. Sure. Yeah. They'll show up cause of Chucky and the rest of it doesn't matter. Exactly. Just, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to go with another puzzle piece, and uh, it kind of builds off of uh, what you were just talking about with the whole uh, the AI thing, um, but kind of going to the the next step of what's happening within the movie. Um, this is the first one that came to mind while I was watching it, and that is Chappie, um, which Ooh. is a love-it-or-hate-it movie. I happen to love it, um, but it, it, it's a, a movie from Neil Blomkamp that uh, deals with this AI robot that... Um, is uh found by these like you know like thug rapper dudes and, which of course is die answered mm -hmm. and um they kind of teach it to do all this shitty shit and you know be a kind of a a loser gangsta type character um but the people are responsible for turning Chucky into what he becomes into the 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 killer doll that he becomes in this version of the child's play story and i thought it was uh an interesting parallel that uh you know that he gets taught these things and you know we we're just talking about that with ai but yeah again chappy being the continuation of what happens within the story well i feel like there've been there've been a lot of movies in regards to the idea of you know kind of teaching uh, the, the bad nature, you know, towards the technology, um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, another puzzle piece that I, I bring up and has been brought up in a couple of your other, uh, podcasts is Terminator two, mm -hmm. uh, because there is a moment towards the, the middle of the film also where, uh, John Connor has to teach, uh, the robot pretty much how to be more human. Now sure, the robot sure. doesn't understand what he's doing. He's just kind of mimicking his creator's movements and, and right, right. what he wants to do. And again, that kind of goes into, you know, what we were talking about with AI and Chappie. It's just, you know, smart technology that really still has to be taught what to do. Yeah, absolutely. It even has the line, uh, you know, you can't kill anybody, you know, that's <laughs> right in there. Exactly. And, you know, and when I go back to T2, I keep thinking to myself, imagine what would happen if after... The T one thousand is melted, and the term and you know Schwarzenegger turns to to Edward Furlong and says, "You know what? I'm not going to melt myself down. I'm actually going to protect you for the rest rest of your life." Mm. And John Connor turns to him and be like, "No, nah, I got my mom here. Um, listen, here's my email. If you want to hit me up on Instagram, that's great. But we're going to go this way, and uh, you know we'll we'll uh, catch up and get coffee at another time." <laughs> that brings up an interesting question. The Terminator's from the future. Does he have an email address? Uh, I mean, I guess before Skynet blew us all to hell and sure. you know, the, uh, electromagnetic pulse from all the nuclear weapons, uh, shut down everything, but that's, that's very complicated timeline and uh, I'm just going to get a headache from that. Yeah. I think that's probably a good point. Um, <laughs> either that, or we're just going to spend the entire podcast talking about what if, yeah, uh, what that if? can happen. That can happen very, very easily. Um, <laughs> so, uh, would Terminator is Terminator Two uh, your puzzle piece then? Yes, T uh, Two is a puzzle piece. Beautiful. Well, then I'm going to go on to uh, to another one then, and uh, this one might be a little bit of a stretch, but um, <laughs> uh, my next puzzle piece is actually King Kong, Ooh. and the reason I bring King Kong up is because he's. 
Uh, he's this character, you know, it kind of continues what we we're just saying there, but he's this character who's just kind of out of his element and he doesn't mean to do bad, but humans just keep pushing him and they keep pushing him. And, you know, like you said, Chucky is a tragic figure in this story. And, uh, you know, he, he certainly doesn't set out to do evil. He just gets pushed in that direction. And then, you know, maybe his circuits weren't really, uh, you know, set in the right direction to begin with, but um, they, he maybe wasn't ever going to cause any kind of uh, damage or cause any trouble if, you know, people hadn't gotten in the way and, and made it that way. And that reminded me of the classic King Kong story. That's a, you know what? That's a very good point. I didn't even think of that. That oh, <laughs> went right over my head to, you know, to not even think of that. That's, well, a, that's a very good, very good point. Yeah, glad you uh, like it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll go to one more obvious one before I go to an obscure one. Okay. iRobot. Mm. Now, the idea that robots are produced for mass consumerism to help with essentially everyday living and everyday chores. Essentially, that's kind of what the quote-unquote buddy doll, not the good guy in this case, the buddy doll <laughs> was created for, was created to, you know, to be a learning tool for children and to essentially, you know, in some ways assist um, families with everyday chores. Sure. You know, I'm not exactly sure why, what, what company out there, whether it be Amazon, Google, Apple, or Kaslin in this movie calls it. um, (laughs) Why would anybody let a children's doll be able to control your car as well as the heating and air conditioning in your house? Yeah, it's kind of funny, like, this movie exists in a world where, uh, you know, horror movies clearly exist, but mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing Child's Play didn't exist, because people are not prepared for killer dolls whatsoever. It's not even that, it's just, this is a world where, apparently this Castling company has a monopoly on everything, because uh, this buddy doll can hack into pretty much every, like, electronic product, which I guess every electronic product also had to have their safety features turned off. Not sure how that happened. Um, you know, because I, and understand, I, and I didn't think of that. Yeah. I mean, so we're even. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Like, you know, there's a scene where Chucky somehow magically controls a car through the cloud. Mm-hmm. I guess not magically technology. I think uh, that happened in a fast and furious movie too, where they just uh, all of a sudden they were able to control every car. Like, what? <laughs> I, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the Fast and Furious movies, I think, kind of, you know, kind of lost believability somewhere halfway through the first one. Uh, yeah, probably pretty much. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, I'd love to see a Maserati jump from skyscraper to skyscraper in Dubai. I don't think it's possible, but it did happen in a Fast and Furious movie. So, well, then, then it must be possible. I, I listen. If, if global warming's a thing, so must be gravity. <laughs> but that's that's another conversation for another time, kids. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I'm not exactly sure what what company not only has a hold on everything because every product is by this Caslin company. Um, yeah, that he that this doll could just easily just hack into things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, you know, but I, I like the idea of, you know, it, this product, it's mass produced. It helps with everyday life. It's supposed to be more, um, you know, it's supposed to be more of a helpful tool than, than uh, kind of a pain in the neck, which is what it really turns out to be. And that's kind of what the movie version of iRobot was, where it's essentially, you know, this product, everybody has it. It's so useful to everybody. Why would you not have it? You know, because eventually what happens if your, your robot goes bad? Yeah. Sounds like iRobot, which I actually don't think I ever ended up seeing, but it, it sounds like it was like a decade too early. Um, that would do really well now. It actually wasn't as bad of a movie as I thought it was, and it's not too Will Smith jokey. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I saw that Alex Proyas, who a big fan of his in the 90s with The Crow and Dark City, mm. you know, when I saw he was doing it, I was like, you know what? He's a very visionary, very smart director. I'm actually interested to see what happens here. Sure. And, you know, you hear about it later that script rewrites and producers have one thing to say and the director has something else to say and it never really turned into what it was supposed to be. And then, yeah, yeah. 
you know, the next thing you know, you're Alex Proyas doing another movie with Nick Cage where he's just screaming at something. Didn't he do uh, Gods in Egypt too? Oh, he did that too. I was thinking yeah. of knowing, but yes, okay. he did. He did do Gods in Egypt. <laughs> Gods in Egypt. And listen, I understand why some directors might get frustrated at critics that just blast movies for no reason. But if you're listening, Mr. Proyas, and I'm sure you're not, but if you are, God, Gods of Egypt was terrible. I'm sorry it was. <laughs> you gave it your best shot. Thank you. But no, this one's on you, man. It made for a good How Did This Get Made episode, though. Um, oh, <laughs> yes, it did. So, uh, you know what? I'm just going to piggyback right off what you were saying there with uh, iRobot, because I have a puzzle piece that's not a movie, and this yeah. would be a good time to bring it up. And that is, now, before I say it, I, I should say also that I could have potentially brought up Jordan Peele's Us, but it's obviously too new to truly be an inspiration. Uh, but Jordan Peele's Us did use the Amazon Alexa to some effect in in the horror world through those little scenes of it. And it uh, and so I was just thinking of the Amazon Alexa as a product, which I think is the, the, uh, the main uh, real-life version of what Kazlan was doing, is uh, Amazon and all their connected products. Um, and their security stuff and all that. And, you know, I, I think it's, it, again, we were talking earlier about how it's kind of surprising that this, that a child's play remake of all things would, you know, have big themes, you know, everything involved with Chucky, but, uh, it's kind of surprising it would even attempt to take on something as big as, uh, you know, uh, this whole modern connected world that we've got. I mean, on, on the surface, it seems like a pretty obvious choice, but, um, you know, to actually even try to give it any thought and, you know, try to do something with it and actually make it more than just a, you know, very, very surface level thing is very difficult. I don't know that it, uh, you know, hundred percent succeeded at trying to do it, but it, it at least was trying. You know what? It, it doesn't hundred percent succeed. And you know what? It may not have even 50% succeeded, but <laughs> you know what? I would rather see a reboot, take the core idea, do something different with it and fail versus take, just remake the, the last version of that movie. Almost. Right. Cause we already it, have that, you know, exactly. And I think of a movie, um, like the remake of the Hills have eyes, which a lot of people loved. Mm. And while it's gorier and it's glossier looking, the dialogue's exactly the same. The kills are exactly the same. The plot, the story, everything unfolds exactly the same. Mm. What was the point of making it then? Yeah. <laughs> I it just I feel like the best remakes are the ones that just take those core ideas and just make their own thing of it, whether it be Evil Dead, Cronenberg's The Fly, mm. um, you know, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, yes, I did throw at something positive about Zack Snyder. I know somebody out there is going to be very happy about that. Uh, but, but I will say that was a very good movie he made. Um, you know, and John Carpenter's the thing, mm -hmm. you know, those, you know, they are very different than the, the movies that they're based off of. I mean, even, right. even Scarface is very different than the, uh, the Paul Muni version. Sure. Absolutely. So, Again, I would rather see a movie try something different. And even if it fails, at least it was trying to do something different. Absolutely. Absolutely. At least it's freaking trying. Absolutely. Um, so here I will go with a bit of an obscure one from uh, from the 1990s. Rachel mm -hmm. Talalay's Ghost in the Machine. Okay. Which came out around the time of Lawnmower Man and a lot of those other fear VR computers and other technology ghost in the machine actually would be the perfect, um, child for the original child's play movies. And this child play movie, if they had a baby, right, ghost right. in the machine would actually be perfect because it's about a serial killer that somehow gets his soul zapped into the internet and uses everyday, uh, household items to kill people. <laughs> He even, uh, I, I believe there's a, there's a kill in the movie where the dishwasher overflows, uh, and the babysitter stepping in the water and then the dishwasher, you know, electrocutes her. Oh, that's, that, that's awesome. That rocks. Yes. Um, <laughs> little weird movie knowledge. The, the babysitter that got killed in that scene, uh, mm -hmm. was actually the, the lead actress from Leprechaun 2. If anybody has ever seen it other than myself, there you go. <laughs> 
uh, Siobhan Durkin, I think. I told you, wow. I just am full of useless information. Yeah, I'm learning something. I'm learning a lot of things during this episode. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, that, that sounds like a uh, perfect example, though, of, uh, you know, the, the, the like it seriously does kind of bridge together the ideas of both the, the original Child's Play and this Child's Play, like combined into one movie almost. Yes. However, Ghost of the Machine uh, fails more than, than the remake of Child's Play and some of the other sequels. I mean, I'd imagine so. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it's one of those movies where, you know, it was a Friday night. 13, 14 years old, go to the movie store. Well, I've seen this horror movie, this horror movie, this horror movie. Well, this is new. Oh, okay. oh what's this one? <laughs> yeah, what's this one? But I'm looking Karen at the, Allen uh, from the Indiana poster Jones? Right Absolutely. Now. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm looking at the poster right now online. And it's, it's a great poster. Fantastic uh, work. Yes. Um, and if anybody uh, remembers who Rachel Talalay is, well, I mean, she's directed a lot of... Um, CW television shows, but she's probably most known for uh, working with John Waters. Um, she directed and wrote part of uh, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, mm. uh, as as well as one of the original comic book bombs, Tank Girl. Yo, oh, yeah, Tank Dead. Girl. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Tank Girl's gotten a big uh, cult following over the years, though, hasn't it? It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you don't take it seriously, but it's actually a lot of fun. It's actually yeah. an interesting cast, too. Huh. Yeah, damn, she has a nice little cult uh, filmography here. I'm just scrolling through it real quick. But, uh, yeah, no, that, that's, a, uh, that's a great puzzle piece, though. Um, I'm going to go... So, I, I like that you've got these deep cuts because my my I have two more puzzle pieces as we go through this, and they're both like fairly recent, like mainstream major movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you've got uh you've you've got us covered. Um, so the next one I'm gonna bring up. Uh, I, I've got a couple of different reasons for bringing it up, but it is the recent remake of Stephen King's It. I was gonna throw that in at at one yeah. point also. I think absolutely. I think you and I are probably gonna end thinking on the same page here but go ahead yeah yeah well i mean there's a few things i mean first of all um you know funny ultra gory horror it hasn't been a thing for a while but it was that and i think child's play does it as well and you know i I used to love these kind of movies. I mean, everybody knows like the evil dead series are like, you know, some of my favorite movies and you don't get a lot of like funny, gory over the top horror anymore. And so I, I think it kind of opened a door for that, uh, for hopefully we're going to get more stuff like that in child's play, you know, clearly is one of them. Also it just being a, uh, you know, a remake of an old, you know, you know, horror property, which, you know, of course, once it was the biggest R-rated opening, I think of all time, maybe, uh, you know, I'd probably open the floodgates. Um, but also, of course, another major reason is the uh, the focus on, you know, uh, Andy's friends. And, you know, they're kind of like a little misfit group of friends, just like the, uh, the it, uh, what are they called? The Losers, the Losers Club. Yeah, Losers Club. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of like that similar thing. You can almost also point to like a Stranger Things as a uh, as a version of that puzzle piece as well. Um, but yeah, it's like a very popular thing now to to have that group of like, you know, kids that are like all kind of misfits, you know, and then they get thrust into this this insane situation. Uh, I absolutely agree. That's that is where I was going with that. Uh, you could even take it a bit step further where it's almost Spielbergian. Uh, to mm-hmm. a degree where, you know, the kids kind of group together to, you know, to fight the foe, whether it have been E.T., uh, Goonies in a way, even though it's not Spielberg, or the Spielberg-inspired sure. uh, Super 8. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, those type of movies. Uh, and, and to tell you the truth, I liked that. That was also one of the other ideas that I liked, which I wish they took a little bit further of, you know, him having that core group of friends and them all teaming up to kind of defeat Chucky. Mm. Um, I kind of wish they did more with that because you're so used to that final character, uh, you know, most of the time in, in horror movies that they teach you, it's the final female, you know, in some cases, you know, it is a male, but that final character, there's always that one-on-one battle to defeat, uh, the person that has, you know, essentially been, you know, uh, chasing you and trying to kill you and 
during the entire movie. You know, it's mm. nice every once in a while when you get a group of people to work as a team to to defeat the enemy. Yeah. It is. It, it, it's fun and it, it, it gives for a lot of fun, you know, personalities and, you know, there's a lot of comedy to mine from that as well, which, you know, I, I think that's part of the, the Spielberg um, influence as well. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that was done intentionally, uh, trying yeah. to make it very uh, 80s Spielbergian, uh, yeah. you know, Chris Columbus type of uh, uh, relationship amongst the kids. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you got for your next one? I have I have one more major movie. However, I'm going to throw out one that this is from a movie, but I guess this is also a gripe about modern horror tropes. Okay. Uh, which is so one of the things about modern horror tropes that I I really just don't like uh, is that when they introduce a character, they give him you know there's a there's a trait or a disability that really doesn't serve a purpose. Hmm. Um, you know, so the idea of making Andy in this film deaf, right, it, right? There's no real purpose to it. I guess the idea is supposed to make him more sympathetic, even though he's clearly a loner, doesn't have the best living situation. You're already kind of sympathetic for him. Um, you know, and the thing that came to my mind, and this is going to sound really weird, was Rocky Four. Now, mm. not actually the movie rocky four but have you ever heard the story about the bit with a robot in rocky four yeah no i what is this uh so the story with the robot was um sylvester stallone saw that this robot was actually used to help autistic kids you know pretty much uh function in class and you know we're talking about you know 30 years ago so a lot has changed mm-hmm. since um you know, essentially introducing this type of technology to assist, you know, people with disabilities, mm-hmm. which was an idea that I wish they did put in the movie and maybe would have worked if they'd made and if they really needed to give Andy a disability uh-huh. to make him autistic and then kind of have this as a helpful teaching tool to help him cope, mm-hmm. um, you know, and would have also kind of built on the um the attachment issue between them because uh, right. Chucky is clearly attached to him, but Andy, once he gets friends is no longer attached. You know, it would have been an interesting thing if they had this real attachment issue because they both really needed each other throughout the movie with a situation like that. Mm. However, that didn't actually happen in the movie. And this probably has absolutely nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it, it just would have been a wish list. Sure. No, I totally understand. And, and that totally sounds like something that Stallone would do too, is, is <laughs> wanting to like incorporate something like that into the movie. But, uh, but yeah, no, I totally agree though. Like a lot of modern horror movies do seem to do that where, you know, every, every one of the, uh, the main kids has to have some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of disability or, or something that, uh, you know, just is supposed to add to, uh, the symp- sympathizing but yeah, I mean, the kid's already, you know, has a tough go of it as it is. Yeah. So it, you know, to, to make him have a, you know, hearing issues, it doesn't really come into play. He's already sympathetic. It's kind of like, wh- why, why do we need this? It's, yeah. it's like the, it's like the cowboy hat in uh, the Halloween rebuquel. The mayor's <laughs> walking around with a cowboy hat on for right. no real <laughs> for reason. No reason. You're, you're. You're in kind of like the suburbs of Chicago. It's not really you know, farm country. <laughs> well, you to tie it all together, pretty soon we've got Rambo 5 coming out, and we got Rambo with a cowboy hat. So, uh, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, Stallone. Oh, you're, you're making all my dreams come true tonight. <laughs> oh, man. Well, before we talk about more of our beloved uh, heroes with cowboy hats on, yes. um I, I have uh, one more puzzle piece, and this is one of those situations, this has come up on the show a couple times here and there, where we're talking about a remake, and a movie that was definitely inspired by the original, I think, inspired the remake itself. Uh, kind of a cyclical thing there. Um, but I am bringing up the Annabelle movies, as well as any other of the recent crop of creepy doll movies. Um, Obviously, they, you know, handle it in a very different way. Those are 
you know, ghost stories, basically, um, whereas this is like a straight up slasher uh, horror film. However, uh, there is just, you know, such a huge renewed interest in uh, creepy dolls because of the Annabelle movies. And I think that that probably had somewhat of an inspiration on the production of this on, you know, the idea of, well, we, we need to make more creepy doll movies. What's an idea we can have? Oh, why don't we go back to Chucky? Let's, let's get back to Chucky and let's, let's do this. You know? I mean, do I think of it? I mean, it is possible. Uh, mm-hmm. I, per- I mean, I personally don't really see the connection only because, you know, Annabelle, while yes, with the creepy doll aspect, but uh-huh. Annabelle is never really alive. Sure. Uh, she's never really a, a living being, uh, whether it be a, a soul of a uh, of a person or AI. It it almost seems like it's just a, a vessel, mm-hmm. you know, uh, almost a doorway uh, for other spooky uh, ghosts and goblins to eventually, you know, invade that space of whoever the main characters are to terrorize them. Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, while that Anna, you know, the Annabelle doll is extremely creepy and very frightening. Mm. Actually, I should probably get one of those for the man cave. That, that'll really <laughs> frighten my fiance. Um, you know, I, I guess you know, as much as that that could be an inspiration, as much as uh, you know, the pup, the full moon puppet master movies, which I think you and I actually spoke about once before, <laughs> as it was uh, the new one was free on Amazon Prime. Oh yeah, and I still haven't watched it. I I, I bought it for free, and I, I I gotta watch that. And I know Tom Lennon wrote it. I love him, so I do too. I gotta watch it. I got about five or ten minutes into it. I got I got to Udo Kier's cameo, and that was uh-huh. pretty much as far You're as done. far as I've gotten into it. Uh, <laughs> not not that I'm done. I do want to watch it. I just uh, so many movies, so much content, so little time. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But, uh, you know, back, back to the puzzle piece, one more note is I, I think that, um, you, you're absolutely right in what you're saying about Annabelle as a character and as a story It like doesn't fit the mold, but I think it's more of as a, uh, Hollywood seeing dollar signs, yes. um, inspiration. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that was another conversation, uh, you know what, why, you know, clearly it's based on one person's perspective. If the original was done properly that it doesn't need a remake or doesn't warrant mm-hmm. it you know that is everybody's perspective um but again the fact that that property is already out there you really don't have to do that much to kind of rework the script other than to mm-hmm. you know try to update it sure um some sometimes it works and sometimes you end up with gus van Sant's psycho <laughs> but that's again you know what uh, money talks and that's just what we end up with. Absolutely. So uh, what do you got for your next puzzle piece? Uh, so my last puzzle piece um, was, you know, is a big, big film from a few years ago and is a superhero film. Avengers mm-hmm. Age of Ultron. Oh, OK. Um, when you think about uh, early on in the film, how Ultron starts learning about humanity and essentially you know, mistaken peace in our time is only done through violence. Mm-hmm. It's almost where Chucky kind of starts to, you know, to figure out, you know, I can achieve my goals through violence after mm-hmm. watching uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what his behavior would have been if he had watched uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, The Next Generation. But if Chucky started doing an impersonation of Matthew McConaughey just screaming in, in this random kitchen, I but, want that movie so, so bad. So right on. Now. <laughs> now that I think about it, uh, I think uh, I don't know, how much does it cost to make a movie? <laughs> Anybody listening right now? We're starting an Indiegogo campaign like we're, right now. Yes, we want to make this theoretical movie. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> we need more Matthew McConaughey just going nuts for yeah. no for no real reason other than to chew scenery, and ho- <laughs> and hopefully with killer doll. Oh my god! Now I want to talk about Serenity for an hour. Um. I, you know what? I have to watch it, and then I want to talk about. It. I, I, I unfortunately read the Wikipedia page, so I know what happens. Oh, it, it, you know, it doesn't matter. It's still it, it doesn't do it justice. 
No, it's okay. so good. It's so good. Please watch it, and we'll talk about it one of these days. Uh, um, absolutely. I, I love a good bad horror, a good bad movie. Any chance right. I can get sometimes. Oh, and it is the best bad movie of the year. That's for sure. And and then also just to add in, you know, la- you know, later in the movie, Ultron transfers his consciousness into other uh, clones of him, which essentially mm. does happen at the end, where you've get, you know, what you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, Chucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, African-American Chucky and mm-hmm. uh, Bear Chucky. Mm-hmm. So I think we covered all the bases in regards to uh, doll race relations. Um, <laughs> well, let's not forget also uh, uh, Irish Chucky. Well, you know, this took place in a toy store and not the Blarney Stone. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, I mean, I mean after- it, was, it was a good Easter egg. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I really just want to see the sequel focus on the bear, the bear doll. <laughs> Just this crazy bear doll running. Actually, that sounds like another full moon. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Demonic Toys, another one. Oh, I think I wrote. did back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I think I think there was a killer bear. Nice. Uh, and include and a killer Betsy Wetsy. <laughs> First time the phrase Betsy Wetsy or killer Betsy Wetsy, I should say, has been uttered on this show. Uh, um, well, that's I'm that's happy. two uh, first times today. We have, yes. uh, you know, haven't spoken to uh, a <laughs> kid from Jew Camp in 25 years and Killer Betsy Wetsy. There we go. <laughs> well, uh, why don't we do the finished puzzle and then we'll get into any of our closing thoughts on Child's Play. Um, so the finished puzzle, all the movies that we just talked about includes AI, Chappie, Terminator 2, King Kong, iRobot, Ghost in the Machine, Rocky Four. Annabelle and Avengers Age of Ultron. So, uh, it's a very yeah. diverse, uh, uh, filmography right there. It sure is. Got um, a little you know, everything. Yeah. I'll, you know, it, it, the funny thing is, uh, you know, at least at the beginning of the conversation, we were getting a lot of tragedy and you know, a lot of tra- classic tragedy influencing a chucky movie which is uh pretty interesting um but you know you know wrapping this thing up i mean overall i i mean i know you liked the movie i liked it too um i think you might have liked it a little more than me we kind of talked before we started but um uh overall i do think that it was you know about more successful i'd say than i would have expected i absolutely agree i think it was more successful i think it was trying to do a lot more than some of the other remakes and in, in other horror movies out there. I mean, mm-hmm. not hereditary. We, we know that, that, that can't be touched. Um, sure. but you know, you know, basic horror movies, you know, slasher films, you know, it, it definitely tried to do something very different with it other than, you know, let's say the rebuke of Halloween where it's mm-hmm. essentially, I'm just, you know, kind of sequelizing how, you know, the the first Halloween by remaking Halloween H two O, but really kind of take out all the real strong feminism in a way. Yeah, it's, it really did. I, I oh man, I could talk about that for a while too. Like it really, I don't understand how people like think it had a lot of strong feminism. I it, it doesn't make sense to me. It started off in a way of you know she was you know she wants to fight back against her aggressor who's been chasing her her entire life but unlike h2o she never really gets that moment yeah to kind of really become the stalker and he should become the prey yeah exactly that's where it was headed and just they they never do it i I, i'm getting annoyed at that movie right now (laughs) why is it on is it on your tv i think it was on mine while we were having this conversation (laughs) no no um but But if you take anything away from the halloween rebuckle the score is phenomenal yeah i'll I'll give it that at least and speaking of which this had some good music in it as well uh pretty good score i don't have the composer's name at hand but uh pretty good score i believe Um, i think his name is bear mccready Oh, was it Bear so, McCready that did this yes, one? Oh, I didn't was. know that. Yeah, I, I love his scores. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me then. Wow. Uh, I mean, cool. some of the music was good. You know, the idea of kind of using a toy orchestra, mm-hmm. you know, very similar to Joe DeLuca's score of Curse of Chucky uh, and Graham Raval's main theme of Child's Play 2. You know, yeah. that all kind of used the um, kind of the tinker, you know, the, child, the child's piano. 
yeah, um, yeah. and kind of that is child xylophone uh, to make the score. So, I mean, it, it is a good theme, but it is, you know, it had been done before in the series. Yeah, you kind of have to, though, with with like when you're dealing with a killer doll, it's like it's kind of necessary. I've even done it once before in my uh, music composing career where I scored a killer doll movie. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you're in the yeah. killer doll business, too, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. Next, when we get when we get our sequel with Matthew McConaughey going, I'm, I'm looking forward to scoring that one. Uh, it, um, <laughs> I just I just want to see the toy Matthew McConaughey just with his little shotgun. Me, <laughs> or however that scene went in Texas Chainsaw Next Generation, Fantastic. which yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> I don't want it. Well, I think that about does it for Child's Play. Um, Adam, as I always do, uh, I ask my guests if they have a, a recent movie that they've watched that they'd like to recommend. Uh, you know what? Here's one. Uh, I finally got to sit down and watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and I loved it. I thought the animation was great. The characters were well done. Like everything about it just seemed just really well done and much smarter than almost had any right to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the kind of that age of those smart cartoon uh, movies you know, whether it had been uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, um, you know, you really don't see a lot of that stuff anymore. And this just reminded me of that. And I, and I also really just uh, admired the animation for it. I just thought it was so well done. Yeah, such a cool movie. And it, like great message to it, great action to it. Um, I mean, it, it's a lot of all the actors that, that do the voices, like some really great performances. I mean, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, great movie. I mean, I was going to say Rocket Man, but I feel like uh, I, I mean, everybody said uh, wonderful things about Rocket Man. I could add to it, but yeah, I'll think of something else. Yeah. So that we ended up with Spider Man. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, hey, this has been great. Um, Adam, is there anything you want to plug? Anything out there? Uh, well, I'm an East Coast insurance broker, so I really can't, don't want to plug that. And I'm not on Twitter, but if you are looking to contact me or you, heard this podcast and you just want to tell me how terrible I am and awful. And I should stop talking about movies. Uh, contact Dave. Dave will tell you where to find me or on the, the group chat, uh, popcorn and puzzle pieces. There you go. You know, you can find me there and curse me out all you like. Uh, I don't take offense to it. Well, this was great, Adam. Uh, let's talk again over a uh, actual audio conversation sometime before another 25 years. Does that sound like a good plan? Oh, absolutely. Uh, maybe at some point before, you know, I, I get married, maybe I'll end up in Vegas. And hopefully hey. we could sit down and have a cup of coffee or grab a bite to eat. Go see uh, a movie. Go to a movie. Uh, <laughs> say, say hi to the parents who I haven't uh, I haven't seen Sonny and uh, and Dick in a, in a long time. I told them that we were doing this today, and they're like, "Oh wow, that's insane!" <laughs> Again, like, the power sure of Facebook. Is. If if it wasn't for Facebook, it it might not be until fifty years we uh, speak again. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, this was great. Uh, I'm really glad to have you on. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get to do it again. Hey, I'm Josh Bell. I'm Jason Harris. Hey, Josh, we're friends in real life, but we're also co-hosts on this new podcast called Awesome Movie Year, where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies and do a deep dive looking at movies, including the best picture winner, the biggest movie at the box office, future cult classics, and more. Including the biggest flop. And this season, we're doing 1994. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That could be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. We're all over the web as well. Got Awesome Movie Year on all the socials and awesome moviebeer.com so please like us subscribe and uh if you do like us give us a five-star rating because we love you all right so that does it for our conversation about child's play um you know i still do think it's hilarious that child's play and toy story 4 came out on the same weekend you're clever, Hollywood. You're very clever. Um, you can check out that episode as well, which should be up by the time you are hearing this one. Uh, and, of course, you just heard the promo for Awesome Movie Year, which is now live. Uh, wherever you're listening to Piecing It Together, you can find Awesome Movie Year. 
That is a new podcast that I am producing, which is hosted by uh, Josh Bell and Jason Harris. And you'll also hear me on the show as well. I chime in a little here and there. Uh, But the introduction episode is up. And on July 3rd, uh, the first episode will be up. And it's going to be a really fun show. We've already got the first few seasons planned out. It's going to be 12 episodes a season, plus possibly a couple bonus episodes here and there. And uh, it's going to be a great show. So absolutely check it out. Awesomemovieyear.com. Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, all that as well. And as a reminder, you can find Piecing It Together on Facebook and Twitter and all that. And you should be following us at PiecingPod on Twitter, at PiecingPod on Instagram, and Piecing It Together on Facebook, and of course our Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces Facebook group. What else can you do? Oh, you know, we're on Patreon. Um, Right now, all you can really get is a bunch of my music, because you know I have albums out uh, that are available for sale on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. Um, But you can get the albums, uh, you know, not for free, because you're paying to, you know, support the show on Patreon, but they are, uh, they're included with your membership. So you can sign up for Patreon if you like, and, uh, you know, donate a little bit to the show. Uh, We will be starting to put some bonus content on there uh i'm not 100 percent sure what that's going to look like yet but we are planning it as i speak right now why do i say we i mean it's really me who's planning it although i'm sure i'll rope some of these co-hosts into being a part of whatever that bonus content is but uh there will be content on there coming soon so if you want to support the show check out our patreon patreon.com slash piecing pod of course links are in the show notes um And, uh, you know, the other thing you can do to help support the show is rate and review us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And, of course, share the show with your friends. We would really appreciate it if you did that. So that does it for today. And, you know, I think it's kind of required that for the outro piece of music that I play, um, I got to play the piece of music that I did for a movie called Heidi which is available on Amazon Prime to watch from director Daniel Ray, and it is a creepy doll movie. And, I mean, I think I actually might have played it back when we did the Nun episode because of the whole Annabelle connection. I might have. I don't really remember. But, I mean, how could I not play it during a Child's Play episode? So this is the theme from the movie Heidi, which is a uh, small independent horror film that, like I said, you can watch on Amazon Prime. It is found footage, so there's not much music, but the music that is in the film is all done by me. And uh, this is the main theme. And enjoy it, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together soon.
and all points west. Thank you.